go out to LA. Somebody need to do a song for LA. Straight up. Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Count my nose, smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. This is Los Angeles. Well, where we going? Westward, ho. Call my nigga Juju up. Let me see what we got. Let me see what we got. Call my nigga Juju up. Hey, Juju the guy. Uh, hey, I just realized you was doing FaceTime audio. I don't have no earphones. I can't find my earphones after. That's how niggas get down. You said what? That's how y'all niggas are. Uh, how this sound? I got you on speakerphone right now, so I don't know how <laughs> You good, as long as you stay close to the phone. All right, for sure. Juju, where you from? I'm from the east side. East side? You an east side, baby? Yeah. Okay, what school you go to? I went to, uh, I went to Lock. I went to Gompers. I went to Lock. Um... I my auntie tried to make me go to Fremont, but that wasn't gonna work. So I graduated from YMU, <laughs> and uh, I went to school in Lancaster for a little bit too. Oh, you a real East Side baby? Oh yeah, you a real East Side baby. When they send you all the way, when they send you all the way to Lancaster or Palmdale, yeah, you was trying to get away from something. Yeah, I was one. I was one of them East Side niggas. My auntie got that good Section Eight voucher transfer. <laughs> <laughs> This my nigga Juju, keep it a hundred with Juju and Juju. And look, this is a cold conversation. Keep it a thousand. Keep it, keep it a thousand. Keep it a thousand. I'm thinking. Sorry. Shout out to uh, Jackie and shout out to uh, Nicole. I keep thinking of them, uh, but keep it a thousand. And this is the weirdest combination, though, my nigga. What do you do for a living? I. Uh, <laughs> this is a weird ass combination. When I said. All right, so professionally, I'm a I'm a realtor. I sell homes, mm-hmm. and then um, I also, of course, I'm a podcaster, and then I surf. You what? And then I surf. <laughs> hey, now let me tell you something. First of all, all that shit is dope. Okay, I wasn't saying it, it wasn't it wasn't the real estate that threw me off. Okay, it's the surfing part, my nigga. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a South Central surfer. I'm I, I'm the only side nigga out here on the surfboard. And the cold part about it is that shit is so different, but it's so I understand it. Because if you grew up on the east side, you grew up doing a gang of shit. Just random shit. And it's crazy that you picked up a goddamn skill like now you surf surf. Like you know how to get on them waves. Yeah, I I ain't gonna front and act like I'll be out here like just super wave riding. Catching air and all kind of shit. I just learned how to uh, stand up because I picked it up later. Mm-hmm. I just started, um, damn, like two years ago now uh, in 2018. You said picked it up later like niggas been doing it. They ain't nobody else surfing but you. Yeah, I picked that shit up later. Though, but it, it's a trip, though, that you said like that because um, when I was young, I actually, like, I'm a cancer, so I guess... They say I'm supposed to be like an ocean baby anyway. But I always did have like a thing for the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was a kid, my uh, my mom, she used to take me out to like Venice and shit and to Malibu. And um, I just always wanted to learn how to surf. But of course, I never had no surfboard or nothing. So 
I never got a chance to learn. And um, I didn't even know how to swim until I was like 16. My nigga Shorts, uh, my co-host, he taught me how to swim when we was teenagers. And um, when I was a teenager, I used to ditch school and go to Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. And um, I just used to sit up there and watch the surfers and shit. And I was like, one day I'm going to learn how to do that shit. So once I really got into real estate and like, you know, with that, you, you kind of set your own schedule. Yeah. So I, in a way, started having a bunch of spare time because I didn't have no set work schedule. And um, by chance, I was at the beach one day, met this dude. We ended up chopping it up, and he invited me out for a lesson and shit, and the rest was history. Juju the surfer, my nigga. Juju the surfer. Now, you, did you fuck with skateboards? Now, that's the funny thing. I uh, I tried skateboarding when I was young. Never fucked with it. Like, my dad, it's a story he always tell. I... Uh, I got on a skateboard. I played with him, but I wasn't there. I ain't never took that shit for real. But I got on a skateboard when I was like 11, probably 12. And um, fucked myself up riding down the hill. And I walked back to the house. I told my dad, I was like, man, I ain't getting on that skateboard no more. He thought I was bullshit. And I ain't been on a skateboard since. Fucking with that shit, man. Niggas can't keep their balance on that bullshit. Man, I ain't fucking around. Now, look, we go. Now, we went to, I wouldn't necessarily call them rival middle schools because they wasn't. You went to huh? You went to Bethune? <laughs> yep. I went to Bethune and I went to Fremont. So, we, we, we on, we on, we don't out now. But the thing is, my pops went to Lock and my pops was the OG basketball player from back in the day that went to Lock. Uh, my mom's went to Lock. So, like, half my family went to Lock. The other half went to Fremont. It's whatever. Right. Right? Oh, he's I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up with this one, right? All right. I went to Lock because uh, my grandma my grandma lived on 102nd and Broadway, right? Okay. My auntie lived on 82nd and Broadway. So, when I was in middle school up until my freshman year, I lived with my grandma. Halfway, uh, halfway through my freshman year, I got sent to a second. I uh, stayed with my auntie, so I lived in the '80s. All my cousins, like my cousin went to Fremont, my older cousins went to Fremont, and um, all my people is like from down in the six pack. So they all went to Bethune and Fremont. Mm-hmm. Me, I was the only person in my house that went to Lock, and then like my cousins that stayed with my grandma went to Lock. So when you say how how old are your cousins? Uh, how old are you? 37. Okay, my cousins is in, like, your age bracket. Like, they, uh, they all 80s babies. Like, I was born in 90, and I'm, like, me and my two younger, uh, me and my two other cousins, we, like, the youngest. Okay. Yeah, all my cousins is born between, like, 82 and, like, 80, 88. You ain't putting no governments out there? Or they got warrants? Nah, hell nah. Uh, you might... You might know a couple. You fuck with uh, the niggas that went to Losinger too, huh? The only nigga that the only niggas I know that went to Losinger was uh was Westbrook. <laughs> I only okay. know I only know I only know a couple of niggas that went to Losinger. My all my brothers went to Losinger. My uh, my brothers are Marathon. Okay, yeah, nah, not too many. I don't know too many. I knew niggas that stayed. In Hearthon, but got bust to uh to Fremont, but no, I don't know, I don't know no Hearthon niggas. Yeah, it's trippy. Uh, it's trippy that um that you went to Fremont, and you say that's like that's the little section that you grew up in, huh? No, I'm I'm actually I'm an East Side I'm an East Side baby, but I I was born in Inglewood. 
But I was back and forth. I was back and forth from the west side and the east side. Like I stayed. I stayed. Every east side kid was born in Inglewood. You was born at Centinella, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was born at Centinella. But my first, my first elementary, I went to. Um, what the fuck is that? Uh, fuck, I forgot the name. But I was over there with the schoolyards over there off of West and um, Washington. Oh, yeah, nah, see, I went to school. I was one of them kids because uh, I bounced around when I was young. So I lived, I done lived all over L.A. Like, every every section of this city I done lived in. And if I ain't lived there, I done probably worked in the area or something. And if I ain't lived there or worked out, I'd show fuck with a girl in that area. That's that's usually how it goes. I, I've never stayed, I've never stayed in Hearthon. I stayed in Gardena. I stayed in Compton, Carson. Um... I stayed around a block from uh, from Grape Street. Um, yeah, those mainly. I mean, mainly the East Side. Most mostly the East Side, but I got some West Side stripes. My oh life. yeah, see, I lived I lived on the West Side when I was little because uh, my mom stayed in Lamert Park. Oh, and then, uh, okay. Pretty much my whole adult life, I lived uh, in the Crenshaw District. Like once I moved back out here from Lancaster. I moved over in the Crenshaw district and then I just recently lived uh moved back on the east side. So I'm in your section now. What side what side is that? Where you at? Put it put it like this. Uh and if, if you really from over here, you're gonna know exactly what I'm saying. I hear ice cream trucks till ten o'clock at night and uh I hear ice cream trucks till ten o'clock at night and I could I could throw a ball at Fremont if I wanted to. Am I supposed to pick the street? Nah, you just know what section I live in. You with the you buy the swans. That's the swans. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole. Hey, look, my whole my whole Fremont career and some of my Bethune career. Um. I was I was back and forth with them swan niggas, and the cool part about it is I got swan cousins on my grandfather's side, but that don't that shit didn't mean nothing to the niggas that went to Fremont. And see, it's cold with me because uh, and I, I we free to talk, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna keep it a G. All right, so I grew up in the. Uh, I told you I lived on the hundred and second, moved to the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. So. Of course, me living in the 80s, I knew like a gang of little niggas that grew up and turned into swans. So it's a lot of them niggas that I'm like hella, hella cool with because we was just friends when we was young. It's a nigga that actually uh, used to be a crip nigga. He used to be from the West Side. Man, he ended up turning swans. And that's like, me and him was like like right and left hand at a point in time. Like, that was really my niggas. But, uh... In the same breath, my people, like I told you, my people is actually from down on the other side of Florence. Uh-huh. And, um, East Coast? So, yeah. So my, my people from that side, like all my people from there. And then I grew up on 102nd and in the 80s. So it's like the birds was just the niggas that I never, like I never fucked with. Right. Like I never ventured past San Pedro. Like you could have, I was saying today, I said, damn, it's crazy. I went to the, uh, to the Louisiana on 92nd and Central today for the first time. Oh, and wow. I, I never go there. <laughs> I'm I still not going there, Juju. I'm still not going there. Nigga, I tried it today. Nigga, that chicken was to die for. <laughs> <laughs> I went there today, nigga, for the first time. I can't believe it. 
I can't fuck with it, man. We I had more I had more bad run ins with the uh with the swans than good. Than good. That's so I mean, like look, I got uh I told this story on my podcast. I didn't tell who it was though. But um I got jumped by some little niggas from East Coast. Damn. Yeah, so it'd be like that, man. Your people be from Spotsing. I I never expected that to give me no extra love or nothing leeway in the streets. Especially with me being from a different side in a different section, I was never the first nigga to be like, "Oh, I'm such and such son," or "Nigga, I'm such and such cousin." Like, if that come up, that'll always come up later. Right. But uh, uh, everything I got, I got packed out by some little niggas. I got Jody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> how many? How many though? Nigga, I got Jody. It was like four, five of them niggas, and they was younger than you. Nigga, they was some little niggas, man. I was at, I was at the uh, the Chinese food spot on Imperial Avalon, and I had just left the gym. I had just left the gym, and I had on an Angels jacket, and uh, I had on an Angels jacket and an X Men T shirt and some running pants, nigga. And I had to uh, go get ready for work, and my girl was in the car, and I had jumped out, and I told her I was like, "Hey, park the car." So I walk up, and when I walk up. It's a little light-skinned nigga, a little pretty light-skinned nigga leaning on the car. You know pretty light-skinned Eastside niggas is the worst one. Yeah, they are. Little pretty-ass light-skinned Eastside nigga leaning on the car. And I walked past him, and he was like, hey, where you from? I said, man, I don't bang. I'm a real estate agent. Like I said it just like that. Like, all right, like, Nigga put out his career real quick. Bro, I said, I ain't like, I said, I ain't with none of that shit, man. I'm a real estate agent. That nigga was like, nigga. <laughs> he said, I ain't even gonna say what he said, but he was like, nigga, fuck such and such. Like, nigga, you better take that shit off in the hood. And when he said that shit, I'm like, I can't lie. I thought back to every moment that I ever had in life, my nigga, all the times I was walking home to, all those moments I got banged on. I didn't have the wrong color on in this neighborhood and that neighborhood. And the nigga told me to take that shit off. And I basically was like, nigga, fuck yourself. Like, whatever the fuck is going to happen, going to happen. And then I looked over at the car, my nigga, and I seen my little girlfriend in the car at the time. And her little itty-bitty ass was oblivious to the whole situation. She didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, fuck, man. And I, everything, I started sliding that jacket off. And before I could even take the jacket off, one of the little niggas. They rushed you. Damn. <laughs> Did they take the jacket? Hell, look. These niggas packed me out, right? Like two, three of the little niggas come rush me. And when, once they hit me, it was go time. It was what it was. So we start squabbling. And uh, I guess they didn't expect me to fight back. And I got out the motherfucking jacket. One of them niggas came and hit me. A big fat nigga came and hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> I like stumbled forward. I told the niggas like, man, y'all stupid. Y'all just packed me out my whole family for this shit. And uh, I jumped in the car and smashed off. After that, I was tripping. I came back up there. Of course you did, Juju. Of course you did. I know. Yeah. I, this is this is every L.A. gang story. Niggas get packed out. Niggas get shot at. They leave. They come back. What you do, Juju? That's everything I love. Nigga, I came back up there like seven minutes later. It wasn't five minutes, but it wasn't the whole ten minutes. 
I was trying to catch one. <laughs> 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 and mind you, this is the real estate agent Juju, so I didn't, I didn't got some maturity about me at this point. The guy was tripping. <laughs> I came back up there, all the niggas was gone. I seen one of the smokers up there. I'm like, man, where the niggas go? He was like, oh, they left. He, he said they left, but that jacket, they, uh, he was like, that jacket, they threw that shit over there. I'm like, what the fuck? I go grab my jacket. I had, they didn't even go through the pockets or nothing. I had $50 and my cell phone and my jacket. Damn. So them niggas was just looking for some exercise. Yeah, they was just on some bullshit. Mm. They was just on some bullshit. Now, for... For the listeners that don't know, can you explain to them the difference between L.A. and Lancaster? All right. I'm the perfect person to do this. All right. So Lancaster is L.A. County. So if you look at L.A., L.A. is basically set up. Like, if you see it on the map, L.A. is kind of like a big old boat. And all the little sections that you hear about is really just different areas of the city. Every every section is really divided up by basically like a different street. Like you cross you cross this street, you're in Compton, you cross this street in Long Beach, you cross this, you're in Inglewood. Now you over here and you're in, in South Central. Right. All right, so Lancaster is technically a part of L.A. County, but it's not in the city of Los Angeles. It's nowhere near the city of Los Angeles. It's actually 70 miles north of L.A. Mm-hmm. So it's on the other side of two mountain ranges. It's actually two valleys between L.A. and Lancaster. It's uh, the San Fernando Valley, and then you have the Santa Clarita Valley, and then north of the San- Santa Clarita Valley is Lancaster. That's so that's how I would best describe it. It's actually closer to, uh, to Kern County than it is to... Like the city of Los Angeles. Now, see that now. As far as now, tell them the difference between the scenery, though. Between like you know what South Central look like, niggas know what Compton look like, niggas know what Inglewood look like. What, right, what does Lancaster look like compared to those cities that's next to each other? This is what Lancaster look like. Lancaster looks like nothing. Like, and that's my second home, but. Lancaster is literally a desert town. Like, they don't have nothing there. It's just, it looks like Vegas with no casinos. Because Vegas don't look like nothing but Lancaster. <laughs> hey, who's, did I say that or did you say that? What, that, Lanca- that Vegas don't look like nothing but Lancaster with casinos? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> hey, you said it, I thought it. That was me. Vegas ain't nothing but Lancaster with no casinos. So, yeah, if you've ever been to Las Vegas before... You've been to Lancaster. Yeah, it just ain't no gambling there. They go to house parties instead. Now tell them that uh, those are the differences. Which are the major differences? But tell them the similarities. Uh, the similarities between LA and Lancaster. Um, well, the thing about Lancaster, I would say, because it's a it's a migratory town, is what I always say. Like a lot of people, nobody's really from Lancaster. Like, it's very few people that are, like, from Lancaster, but a lot of people move there. So it's a place that a lot of people move to. It's like an adoption city. Yeah, so you get a lot of people from, like, like you meet people from NorCal there, from the, from the Inland Empire, from, uh, like, different areas, from Vegas, and, um, of course, from L.A. And um, the majority of people that move there, especially the black people, are from L.A. So in a lot of ways, it has, like, I don't want to say a similar culture, 
but it has an LA influence to it because a large portion of the population moved there directly from South LA, and then in general from the East Side. So in a lot of ways, tell me, they'll tell me how them niggas get there though. How them niggas get there? How them niggas get? How them niggas get them houses in uh in Lancaster and Palmdale? So look, this is how a lot of motherfuckers ended up moving to Lancaster. True story, right? And this is how my auntie ended up there. So like I said, a large portion of the people that moved there is from the east side, ironically. Like, it's a lot of motherfuckers from, from the projects, like, or just from those areas, like from Grave Street, from Bonnie Hunters, just east side shit. Lots and lots of east side shit. You'll run into a lot of niggas from, like, east coast out there. Just motherfuckers from the east. So what happened was a few years back, of course, a lot of motherfuckers on the east side had Section A vouchers. So what they were able to do was, because rent prices in, down here in L.A., they said, oh, I can take this and this same money that I'm paying for this little apartment down here, over here in L.A., I can go up here and my kids can go to better schools and I can actually live in a house or at least a bigger apartment. So they said, okay. And then they went up there and then they did that. So that's how a lot of people got up there. And then over time, Lancaster just has cheaper rent in general. So then you start to get working class people that go there as well. And you get a combination of low income people and working class people that kind of migrate there just because the the lower rent. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's hot, it's hot. Yeah. And again, it's like Vegas. It's two. I always say it's two types of weather in Lancaster. That shit is either really, really hot. Are really really cold, yeah. and it really ain't nothing in between. You might catch like some windy days, but I don't know Lancaster. Like overall, man, me, I fuck with Lancaster. Like I, I really do. That's why I always say like that's my second home, and I don't ever because I moved around a lot when I was younger. Like I was saying, so that was the first place I moved to where I really gained like a sense of stability. Like, yeah, 102nd, 82nd, those is like, those are my blocks. And, like, I got friends forever just from out here. I got, like, this is where I'm from. This is my home. But Lancaster, at the end of the day, it did give me a sense of, like, like genuine community. Like, I always say that it's a, it's a perfect place for an old person and a teenager to live. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, <clears throat> with all that being said... Before we get before we get to your career, if LA has taught you anything, what is it? Never ask nobody where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> <This nigga>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, if LA has taught me anything, I would say that uh, it's taught me really that this is the well, not nah, traveling has taught me that, but that this is the best place in the yeah. Like, LA is really like a, I feel like it's a microcosm of the, the entire country. Like, you can look at Los Angeles and um, you can kind of see where the where the country as a whole is headed. Mm. Okay. We're, we're, we're like the global trendsetters, I feel like. I agree. I agree with that because uh, California will, they will move on some shit real quick and then some other cities and and or states will follow suit. Uh, but that's because we a left state. We a blue state. So, you know, that's how we get down. I've been seeing, that's that's one thing that I haven't liked that we're so influential. I've been getting into uh, 
to uh, guns lately. Mm-hmm. I always said I was gonna collect guns. So lately, I've been purchasing a gang of guns, mm-hmm. even before all this running shit. And um, I realized, man, California gun laws is fucked up. Is it we 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 behind on that? But you know and why though? Said that this places that's trying to follow behind us, like Virginia, basically just mimicked our gun laws and just signed signed the bill to sign out of an act this week. Yeah, I can't. I can't answer for them. I know people from Virginia, but I can understand why our gun laws are fucked up. I mean, if we allow niggas to go up in a gun shop with just a license, niggas gonna be a problem out here. Man, California is bigger than LA County. This state is twelve hours wide. That's true. This state is twelve hours long, my nigga. So to because I used to feel like that too before I got into guns. You got to think about the population as a whole. Like even here in LA. We're we're known for the gang culture and all of that shit, and we're view how we're viewed like in South Central. But as a whole, you know, just like I know, the majority of people here are law abiding citizens. It's fucking old people trying to be left alone. Uh, niggas like me and you that's just trying to mind their business, get some money, and take care of their peoples, and fucking Mexicans that just want to go to work. They just want to go to work. Be deported. <laughs> And that's real. That's the majority of people here in South Central. That's true. Most motherfuckers is not hanging out on the game block. That's true. Especially now. This era, this decade, it's different. cool no more. At least like when we was growing up, that shit was glamorized. It looked cool. Yeah. I know old niggas that tell young niggas this shit ain't even cool now. Yeah, the 80s and the 90s was cracking. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Sure. It was definitely a, a, a. I don't even want to say it was a time to see, but it was definitely a moment to be seen. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely different. Now, I never, I got you know, I got a few uh, unmasking deca- uh of unmasking decades of L.A. under my belt with different L.A. people, but I never. I never really asked this question. It was brought up on one episode, but I never really asked this question. I guess you might be the right person to ask this. How did Nip Death affect you? Um, Nip Death, honestly, sincerely fucked me up personally because um, I don't know if you know me and uh, you know who is on Jason is. Yeah. All right, so me and Jason are actually like really close friends. Oh, okay. Me and, me and his brothers are, uh, me and Jason's brothers are cool. And um, like me and Stone, that's actually like one of my closest friends. So just on a personal level, it was like, and I, I've actually met Nick before too. Like me and him wasn't friends or nothing, but um, like I, I had been to a studio a few times. It was one of those things like, yeah, that's the homie's homie. Right. And, um, when it happened, me and Jason actually because uh, he, um, you know, he's a public figure in a way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, uh, you know, he he naturally got a lot of, uh, like a lot of people. I don't want to say giving him attention, but he got a he got a lot of like cause and shit his way. Like a lot of people were reaching out to him and shit like that. And I know through experience, because I've been through some shit like that where I actually lost my best friend too. I know how overwhelming that can be. So um, when all of that was going on, like privately, me and Stone actually have been spending a lot of time together because I was over there in the district. Mm -hmm. Like I was living over there at the time. 
So it really, like, it really kind of had, like, it weighed on me a lot because, of course, I was a fan of his music and shit. But then because I got to see the the real weight of the situation and had to see how my friend was dealing with this shit and basically had to kind of be a support system for my friend through it. So that shit really weighed on me a lot. And it was, it was something that I just always kind of, like, just kept private to. It was something I never made a public thing because that shit was just deep. That shit was... When uh, I was at home, I was at home when it happened, and uh, my my sister in law called. I was getting text messages back and forth, back and forth from people, um, and then I, then my sister in law called my you know called my wife, and she was just like crying. I'm talking about like crying, and then my nigga I had to go downstairs. I went downstairs, started crying. That shit hit me, and I didn't meet him like like how you met him. I was at 24 Hour Fitness. <laughs> that nigga was just sitting there with a the gang of niggas working out. And this was before, this was before, um, oh, damn, what what uh, project did he put out? Was it Crenshaw? I forgot which one it was. But that nigga, let's put it like this. That nigga was real skinny at the time. Long t-shirt, sweats, like braids. And uh, everybody, everybody knew who he was when he was inside the gym. That nigga, he wasn't even commercially big yet. But this might have been like TMC or something. Might have been. It might have been. But the nigga, like when the nigga walked in, of course the nigga walked in with with a few niggas. But it wasn't nothing like you couldn't walk up to the nigga or anything like that. It was just gang of niggas in there working out. But niggas knew who he was. And Nick was always easily accessible. Like I actually. I always think about the last time I seen him. Because uh, I was at the marathon store. I had came up there to meet Jason one day. And um, it was right after I had got my real estate license, too. And um, I wanted to speak with him because uh, I wanted to try to see if I could be his realtor eventually. You get me? That's dope. And um, I was up there to meet Stone or whatever. And while I'm up there to meet Jason, Jason pull up and... Uh, Nip comes outside, they have their little words, and then Nip jump in his car and get on. But I was like, damn, I should have walked over there and said something to him then. Like, that shit was what it was. And that was the last time I had actually, like, seen him on some face-to-face shit. Uh. But, yeah, Nip was always, like, easily accessible. He wasn't, like, I like everybody say, you see him a thousand times in front of that store talking to people, taking pictures and shit, see him riding, especially when you live in the district. Like, you see him riding down the street. So, yeah, that like, shit was the way crazy. that shit happened is the way that shit happened. But I mean, that's how that man lived. Yep. Yep. We lost a good one. We lost a great one, man. A powerful one. Speaking of um, being a uh, a realtor, how the hell you get into that? What's up? You trying to buy some property? Yeah, well, I mean, not yet, but soon. <laughs> All right. See, my life is a movie, man. Everything got a story behind it. I got into real estate on, like, like got introduced to it on the wildest shit. You getting exclusives, too. <laughs> okay. All right, so I ain't never told this story before. Uh, in 2015, me and my nigga short so G. He, uh, I, I was doing security, and um, he was, uh, 
he'll stand at my house. So I get home from work, and he tells me, um, he was like, hey, ride with me to, uh, to go pick the homie up. One of his homies was doing security at a strip club in East L.A., so I'm like, cool. Go ride with this nigga shorts, and um, go drop the homie off on 103rd and Budlong. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm not. So I, I'm not riding with y'all. Yeah, look, and I did. I said I don't even know what made me hop in the car. Still to this day, I don't know what made me go because I ain't. This ain't even one of his homies I fuck with like that. Like he got a few homies. Like you know how the homie homie shit work. So this ain't even one of his homies that I fuck with. But we drop this nigga off. He jumps out the car. We pull off. When we pull off, he gets to the stop sign on Budlong. And uh, police instantly put, come up behind us and pull us over. They come, do their little traffic stop shit. And uh, this nigga Shorts get to talking shit to him. I don't know what he was thinking, but this nigga Shorts get to talking shit. They asked him, can they search the car? Shorts like, hell no, nah, y'all can't search my car. <laughs> <laughs> my Shorts just going at him. I'm like, man, if you don't leave them alone and let them do their job, like, come on, my nigga, not tonight. Like, not with me in the passenger seat. So the whole time, I'm trying to be quiet. They asked me for my ID, so I'm like, fuck it, I handle my ID. They come back to the car, pull us out the car and shit. They ask Shorts, is it any weapons in the car? Shorts, like, because he do security at the time, too. He like, I don't got nothing but my little, uh, but my utility knife that they gave me uh, for work, blah, 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 blah. So they search the car for weapons, no weapons. These motherfuckers come back and tell me, they was like, well, you got a warrant, sir, so uh, we're going to take you in. They said, I got a warrant for $26,000. Damn. They was like, yeah, it says you have a failure to appear. You were supposed to appear at court uh, yesterday. I said, yesterday? I was like, man, and it was crazy because I had a court day scheduled the next day. So I'm like, man, I'm supposed to be at court tomorrow. I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. I got court in the morning. These motherfuckers arrest me. All this is, it's a long story, but it's going to make sense. These motherfuckers arrest me, take me to jail, right? And um, I'm in jail, go to court the next morning. I try to bail out. They put a bail hold on me. So I couldn't get, uh, I couldn't bail out for, I think it was like four more days or five more days. And it was Martin Luther King weekend. So I had a holiday weekend. They keep me in jail the whole weekend. And um, while I'm in jail, I meet this dude that was in there for, investment investment bank fraud. He had been in there for 13 months. Damn. Yeah, so, and he had just got out for, uh, he had just got out for investment fraud, got caught up on some other shit and got sent back for it. But, uh, for real, cool ass older black dude though, smart than a motherfucker too. So he, he gets to telling me, he like, um, he was like, man, you the, he was like, I've been in here for 13 months. You the first person I've been able to have a sophisticated conversation with. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he was like, it's something I want to teach you, man. And um, he was like, you ever seen them videos on YouTube and shit, how they be talking about, oh, you can buy real estate with no money down and like uh, use, use other people's money and all of that shit. I'm like, yeah, I always figured that shit was a scam. He was like, nah, it's really a way you can do that. I'm going to teach you something. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he goes and um, he grabs a newspaper article and it was a deal uh, Donald Trump had did. This was way back then. 
the deal Donald Trump had did for a golf course. It was a city that had a, a bunch of land, and I guess the developers wanted to develop it for a golf course, and the people of the city didn't want the golf course. So what the developer did was say, okay, well, we're going to sell it. We'll, we'll just sell the whole development thing. They sell the development. Donald Trump comes and wherever this was, they love, I think it was in like Orange County or some shit. They love Donald Trump. They fuck with him. So they was like, oh, Donald Trump's going to buy it. Okay, well, approve it. They let Donald Trump buy it. And uh, <laughs> Donald Trump buys the motherfucker and then sells it for, he bought it, I think, for the low. So he got it for, I think, like $23 million and then sold it for like $32 million 12 days later. Yeah. He broke the deal down to me and he was like, yeah, so Donald Trump never actually took possession of this property. He said he paid, he was like, he probably paid a certain percentage of the down payment or of the purchase price of the property and um, got the property under contract. And then he went and sold that, uh, that contract to a higher bidder out of profit. So he made $10 million in this short period of time. That person got this property that's worth like $40 million for $8 million cheaper. And the property still got sold. Damn. And he broke it down to me and um, he was like, so this is called real estate wholesaling. He was like, this is how a lot of people get into real estate. So this is how you get into real estate with no money. And he told me that shit and it just blew my damn mind. Like this shit is like, it makes sense, but let me see if this shit is really possible. They let me out of that motherfucker two days later and I just went down a, a wormhole and I started learning everything that I could learn about real estate investing. And um, from real estate investing, I started learning about real estate agents. And at that point, I'm a, I'm a numbers person. It was just mad to me. Like, I started looking at it. I was like, damn, real estate agents represent people on these transactions, and they make anywhere between 3 and 6% per transaction. So you making 3 to 6%. And then I'm like, shit, we in LA, the average price of a home at the time was uh, like 303. It actually went up, but it was like 350000 so I'm like, you do the math on that. 3% go low end, 3% of 350. And that's what they pulling on transactions. So I was like, oh, this is an easy call. I looked into the licensing on it and um, shit, the licensing was nothing. I was able to get uh, to take an online course and get my license online. I was still working, studying at work and shit. And um, I did it like that. All together, it probably cost me about six, $700. It's that nigga Juju out there moving. How old are you? Yeah, so it's crazy how it happened that way, man. Me riding with that nigga Short So G, and I have no clue what made me hop in that car with him. But that's the only thing that really came from that shit. But Juju. I got my license unsuspended after that, and um, I went and got my real estate license. <laughs> tell, the pe- tell the people how old you are, though. I'm 29. I turned 30 uh, in June. Young nigga. Young nigga. I forgot you did say you was born in 90, right? Yeah. Okay. One nigga, young nigga moving. Moving out there. Now, you got the real estate. You a black surfer. You know what I'm saying? You went back and forth between the east side to Lancaster. Now you're a podcaster. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, where do we start? Shit. Uh, we start. We start with the. How did you get the title of the podcast? What What you talk about on the podcast? What is What is about? 
Right, and, how, and how come I ain't been on there, nigga? All right, I'm gonna answer that first. But it's crazy because we uh we actually got our anniversary coming up too. We're about to hit three years. But um, shit, you ain't been on there, nigga, because we barely been recording at this point with all this runner shit going on. <laughs> we were supposed to be going to a new studio, and um, I actually had a bunch of guest spots that I had in mind lined up, like four or five shows. And this shit just threw everything left. The week I was supposed to start actually booking the location and just go and test it out, see if we actually liked it, everything got shut down. So y'all taking y'all equipment to different places or what? Nah, we uh we recorded we uh we didn't been through like three different recording situations since we've been doing the show. Uh-huh. So uh, originally we started at like a rap studio. The homies had a rap studio on Manchester and Dinker. And we used to record there originally. And then um, we started recording at an actual podcast studio. That nigga tried to hit us with a 42 fake and switched the race up on us like super duper high on some other shit. So we stopped going there. And then um, we started doing home recordings with one of the podcast homegirls. She would come and engineer and produce for us. But she's also a teacher, so her schedule crazy as fuck. So... I was like, we gonna uh we gonna try to figure out like a solution. And I found a cool ass studio, good ass price and everything. And I was like, this is perfect. And then the runner fucked my shit up. Uh, yeah, runner fucking it up for everybody. Yeah, the runner fucking up everything. But yeah, keep it keep it a thousand, man. We um we like I said, we started three years ago. And um the name actually comes from because originally we we did a, a name change. It was originally called the Thousand Airs Podcast. And um, Thousand Airs, that's just some shit. I don't know. Like, I feel like being a Thousand Air, it represents like a lot. It's that little space. It's like that space between is what I always say. Okay. Like, right? Every every millionaire at some point has to be a Thousand Air. And there's certain things you learn in that Thousand Air phase to kind of get you, like, Get you to your success phase. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah, that's that's where it came from. So we always call ourselves the Thousandaires, and then Keep It a Thousand came from just the podcast growing and becoming more of a show. Us like our audience growing and shit like that. And it was something that we always like. We always say on the show. It, it basically became like a, a, a segment on the show. To where at different random points, we always ask like these wild ass questions like, hey, keep it a thousand. And you never know how left it'll go after that. And whenever you hear that, <laughs> you spin and hear some wild shit. And whenever you get asked that, just know you got to answer. You got to ask honestly. Keep that shit a thousand. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Juju, within 42 minutes, I've learned that you went to Gompers. You got jumped by some niggas down the street from Gompers. You stayed in Lancaster. You selling niggas uh, property. You know what I'm saying? You know how to surf. Yeah, I sold weed too back in the day. <laughs> I used to weed back. Oh, man. I, I mean, obviously, the way shit is going now. Nah, nigga, my life is a movie. I, I used to be the weed man. I bought my first blower from a base head. Um, nigga. nigga, my daddy a trip and my mama a smoker. We can do this shit all day, nigga. My life is a movie. I got the inside story. Then <laughs> <laughs> we, we got to have a part two. Then we got to have a part two, definitely. <laughs> um, 
Now, before we get out of here, I got to do something different. You are actually one of the, f- actually, no, not the f- not the first, second. You're one of the, no, shit, actually the third. Well, I know two other L.A. podcasters, um, two podcast shows that's based in L.A. It used to be three. Um, and I ain't going to even lie, prior to connecting with you, and we connected through a chick from Detroit, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so. Podcast, oh, babe. Nah, it was, uh. Hayes. Hayes. I think it was CEO Hayes. It was CEO Hayes? Nigga, I yeah. just I just finished recording with I record with him every Wednesday. But um how did that happen? Uh what, CEO Hayes? Yeah. I thought it was Podcast Bay. Nah, I met Hayes uh I met Hayes early on, like my first year in this shit. When um when I went to Sex with Strangers live show, their very first live show. Okay. Like those are those are really my homies, and um, I was just a fan of them at first. But those are really the homies, and I um, I went out to their live show. No, was no, no, no! <laughs> it wasn't Hayes. Nigga, it? it was Avery. Mm. See, and that's that's what's tight about it, though. I love the Black Podcast community because it really is like a whole little circle. It is because it's like all these names pop up and. It's, it's just dope. Like, everybody has their own audiences and everybody is just so supportive of each other. I really love that shit. Yeah, yeah. Avery, Avery actually, nigga, she connected me with a gang of people. She like, she like the podcast Mary J. Blige. <laughs> this nigga said the Mary J. of this shit. Yeah, for real though. She connected, she connected me with a gang of people. But the thing, the reason why I bring, the reason why I bring that up is because outside of the Layman Brothers, outside of Dino Red, outside of the Hoopla, like, I thought that was it, my nigga. Because I would do podcast shows, be, either being on a show or doing a show, and it'd be all Midwest, East Coast, or down South niggas. And I'm like, yo, and they kept asking, like, yo, what about other LA podcasts? And I'm like, my nigga, it's not a lot out here. It's not yeah, a lot. Now, it's funny, though, like, like you say, uh, we got to a point here in LA like uh now we have a now we have a podcast in LA and that shit is hella dope to me. But when uh when we first started, it was the same way. Like it really wasn't like it really wasn't no LA podcast like that. Like it wasn't really a thing here. I remember having to explain to people what a podcast was. Mm-hmm. So it's hella tight to me now, like just seeing so many podcasts out here now. And then the show, and then and then the show you invited me to, I couldn't go because I work Monday nights, right? So I'm like, I really wanted to go to that, and I didn't realize it until after that show that you had that that's where niggas was going to perform live because I've never yeah. I've never been there. You you should do a set there. That shit is tight. Like it's again back to the community. Like it's a real sense of community there, and it's tight because. It exposes you to all of their audiences because people come out. Yeah. Like our people came out and everybody else people came out too. That shit was a full room. Me and Short So G opened that shit up. I was so motherfucking nervous. I bet. I know, nigga, because I was hitting you up. <laughs> I know. And I think y'all went live. I think you went live before you went on or something like that. I know you was nervous. I would have been nervous too, my nigga. I do a solo podcast, so I got, I, I don't know. But yeah, nah, that shit is dope. Shout out to them for that too, because um, again, back to the podcasting shit, 
they're creating a space really where we can kind of show off our podcast scene and where everybody can kind of come meet up and shit like that. So I met some cool ass, like just some dope ass podcasters there that weren't even doing sets. Mm. and got exposed to their show or like we followed each other on RG and I was able to go listen to their shows later. So it's a tight ass thing that they're doing with that. Yeah, as soon as this Rona shit is over with, I gotta go. I gotta go set some shit up. Hell yeah. Juju, let the people know where they can find you. Man, you can find me on Instagram at flyhighju. You can follow me on Twitter at J-U-J-U-T-H-A-G. You can find my show on uh, Instagram at keep it keep it a thousand pod, and you can find it on Twitter at keep it one triple zero pod. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you find podcaster, you find us Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all that. Keep it a thousand. Now to tell them, Juju, if a nigga asks you where you from, how do you answer it? Nigga, I don't. <laughs> if a nigga man if a nigga asks you where you from out here if you not from out here I tell everybody just throw your thickest New York accent and niggas is gonna leave you alone they gonna be like oh this nigga ain't from out here he don't know what the fuck going on and if you from out here you should already know how to answer that question so I ain't gotta tell you <laughs> alright man appreciate it alright man thanks for having me <laughs>